This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. The Believe Podcast Network presents the FCS Football Podcast with Joe DeLeon. Well, let's get fat. I am a soothsayer. Welcome back to the Believe in FCS Football Podcast, brought to you by two former college football players from the University of Rhode Island. I'm Joe Delio, joined by my former college teammate, college roommate, and good friend, Mr. Sean Anderson. Today's episode, we will be previewing the national championship, providing you our thoughts and predictions for this weekend's game the culmination of the only spring season that we will ever see. Sean, how are you doing today? How's the gas shortage treating you? Yeah, you know, I'm actually going to get into the Bet Online read oh. quickly because they are a fantastic sponsor of the show. Hey, Bet Online, I'd love to see a um, a prop bet on the over under of the amount of time I am sitting in a line at a gas station on the East Coast. I want I I will pay for information about shorter wait times than lots. I don't care. I don't like the panic about where I'm going to have to get gas from. It's been infuriating. I was out until 2.30 coming back uh, from work one night, got off early, got home later than I would have, looking for gas stations that were open. What are we doing? Uh, I, I don't know what I'm doing, dragging betonline.ag in Yeah, this, why? But I'd love to see the prop on that because <laughs> over 30, smash that. Heavy favorite, but you could also bet on the NHL playoffs, NBA playoffs that are coming up, the MLB, everything that's coming. Get ready for football season because what we're doing this show, I'm talking it. We will be talking football betting in the in the fall. Uh, <laughs> but so you can do aggressive. all this on betonline.ag. Uh, head to the website betonline.ag or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Now we need some gasoline uh, redistribution experts to sponsor the show so I can have a word with them. I think you should be asking on over under how many bags, uh, garbage bags, can you fill with gasoline uh, until you get... Oh my God, have you ever seen dumber people? I, I don't understand it. I don't... I, I don't... I'm hoping none of our listeners were uh, willing to do that, but that has to be the stupidest thing ever. And I said this to you before the show. It was the funniest thing you've ever seen. I me. don't know how you get the tr- the the gas out of the bag. What? I can't. Okay, first of all, what kind of big brain energy does it take to say, "Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna dump a bit"? You can't even dispose of that once you realize, "Oh, I can't get it out of the damn bag." And I I don't know I don't know why you'd want who on top of it. How do you not own a gas can if you're gonna be that much of an asshat and you're gonna steal gas and and, and 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 hoard it like why the hell can't you go buy a freaking gas can like i don't know here's my i I think they get it in the bags and then they have a tub like a a plastic tub back home that they put that in and then they sorry i sound like my dad was trying to say something and 
contribute to this conversation. <laughs> but uh, I think I they put was. that into a tub <laughs> and they continue to uh, re, uh, re put it into more tubs like a Russian nesting doll. And then you can just put that into your car somehow. Because with a bag, you're not getting it in the car. I, uh, you just, yeah. It's impossible. Yeah. Would you siphon it? You know what? You know what it's only good for? And I hope this happens for a hundred percent of the people who put gasoline in a bag and then put it in their trunk. I it's just good for spilling everywhere and then covering your your trunk with gasoline. That's all I hope that happens from that. That you can't use you it. Spill ga- yeah. Imagine spilling that much <laughs> you gas spill- <laughs> in your trunk. That, God. You spill gas in your car and your car smells like gasoline for a week when you have a can in your car that you fill yes. up. Yes. It is a pungent smell. That gas would they double tie the bag? It doesn't matter. You're not going to be able to get a, a Ziploc. You think that's going to hold it in? No. They're like using uh, supermarket bags. <laughs> or clear, clear kind of, trash bags, too. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, God. I don't know. I, I just I can't believe that we're dealing with this right now. It's just, of course, this is enough to distract okay, first us of all, from. I, I'd, like, I'd, like, I'd like you to not say we. You are. Because you're on the you West are, Coast. You are. I haven't seen any of that in my area. Actually, people uh, in the line today, very cooperative. I had one um, car that was really trying to jump the entire line. There's always uh, that it was one two guy. old people that thought that they could not. It, it didn't even look entitled, but I knew what they were up to. You know, they weren't like, oh, man, I'm driving a sweet car. No, it was like just regular. I'm going to act like I don't know what's happening. And I'm just gonna. And if someone ch- challenges me on it, I'm gonna be like, "Oh, I didn't know. Sorry." Which is a bunch I saw of it crap. in their faces. Yeah, it's a. I saw it in their faces. They didn't get in on me. They tried to. They didn't. And then they tucked their tail between their legs and went to the back of the line where I started at, and where everybody else started at. Cutting lines. <laughs> Who? <laughs> we have the FCS football championship spring 2021 to go over. Cutting lines. That's what we're talking about. When did nobody grow up? Right. Did we not go to elementary school? Have we never learned the rules of of, of manners to not cut the line and wait your turn? It, it apparently not. But let's let's say that <sighs> this is something that we we could talk about, as you know, and a reason why we have a whole separate podcast for it for an hour and a half. No, I want to put the two together so oh, okay. the, we really confuse our listeners. I like confusing our listeners. That's what they get with <laughs> the free episodes. Well, folks, we want to talk about this national championship game. Hopefully not too many of you tuned out <laughs> for that discussion. Uh, but the first thing that we uh, we have to acknowledge, it was pointed out to me by multiple JMU fans that we made a mistake in recapping last week's game. So the mistake that was that is being referenced here is that we – laid into Ethan Radke, the starting kicker at JMU, for missing that field goal. And it was indicated to me by DMs, some comments, in a respectful manner, that it was actually the starting kickoff specialist for JMU that was the one out there on the field for that long field goal attempt. And first, I just want to say, you know, fans of the show, I am always appreciative of you guys I have been on other podcasts where I've made a mistake and I've been tweeted at and it's always been unpleasant. It's always been you buffoon uh, or a lot of expletives or name calling. Instead, every single person who reached out to me, very respectful, said the same thing. Hey, you made a mistake. Still, the show was great. So uh, I, I will continue to say we have the best fans and out of any show that I do, 
this is easily the best listener listener base. So I have to say that. Apologies to Ethan Radke, but Sean, I got to say straight up, this actually makes me more uneasy over that that kick. Because you're putting out there, you have an All-American kicker. Why the hell are you trotting out your kickoff specialist? It might have been like, I think it was like 57 yards or something like that. Uh, it was a booming, it was a long it was, kick. But he so wasn't even well close. Of course he's your kickoff specialist. He's not accurate. He's never been in a situation like that. And you stick him out there for the most important kick of his life and in the most important kick why of the season. Why are you yelling at I'm me? I'm not yelling at you. I'm, why am I getting I'm yelling at the decision making there. I just, I said this to I, everybody I responded it's not like to. You're I, yelling at me. I'm sorry, but everybody I responded to, I said that was the stupidest thing that I that when once it was indicated to me, that is the stupidest thing that I've heard. So now I'm yelling at the JMU coaching staff for making that decision uh, instead of letting your and maybe Radke doesn't have the leg for it. I, I still hate the decision. Let Radke miss short rather than me having to watch that crap where it's a whole mile oh. left. Okay. <laughs> You got nothing to contribute. I didn't realize you're going to get your tangent now. I, That's I not a tangent. We're, we're, we're talking. This is FCS football. We can talk about anything FCS football related. You know. Now you're definitely yelling at me. Yeah. Now I am because I wanted to say talk about how nice our listeners been have been, and we've had like no beef except for that one believe in yoga guy. At the, <laughs> He's at, gone at the genesis of this show. <laughs> He's no longer with the network. Somebody reminded me of that. I don't know a month yeah. ago. What the? He- what was that? I don't know. We don't need to get into that. That was that was a that was a Whatever. fun time. That was just very very odd. That was I, all. Maybe, in, maybe I should start asking for more beef. That was all instigated by you, by the way. His actions caused it, being, but you uh, you instigated the entire event. I we're not going to go I, into that. We were a, a starting company. We were we were yes. not where we are now. We at that point had fifty podcasts. We were one of them. Okay. And he wants to. I, we're not getting into no. it. Whatever. Uh, you know what? You made a really good point about the kick. But you know, actually, no. I've never seen somebody. I've never seen a starting kicker in the NFL get pulled for a uh, for the punter that kicks off uh, right. for the kickoffs. Uh, just because I don't know. And I I'm also sorry for saying Racky. I didn't know his number. <laughs> I don't know many kickers numbers. <laughs> well, it, <laughs> I know Young Wei Koo is seven. I know Adam Vinteri wears four, and he wore one in Indianapolis. One, or was that Mike Vanderchat? Sure. Still don't it, know. It's one of those things <laughs> where it's easy to go unnoticed because you're just used to seeing the same guy. And I, I've seen some teams use this approach. I just don't understand. And, and in those instances, you'll maybe not really have a clear cut starting kicker. One's a long field goal kicker. One's a short field goal kicker. But I just I don't get it. If Radke doesn't have the leg, and a lot of people think that. That Redkey has an NFL leg. I don't understand why, in that circumstance, you're not asking him to kick that field goal. We don't need to spend too much time dwelling on that, though. I think we should spend the last remainder of the show focusing on what is the national championship game: South Dakota State versus Sam Houston, a game that we've been waiting so long to get to. Um, two opponents, two unlikely opponents. I think, Sean, if we both had said at the beginning of the year and tried to pick two random teams. I don't think either of us would have picked South Dakota State or Sam Houston. Hell, I don't think either of us picked uh, South Dakota State or Sam Houston when we tried to project who was going to win it at the start of the playoff bracket. Well, I've been riding with my dogs, the the, the Bearcats, Sam mm-hmm. Houston, for a while. I think they're the Bearcats. They're not my dogs. Never mind. <laughs> they they won games and I picked them. Uh, <laughs> they're your Austin P this but year. Yeah, they are. And they um, can't go to college. You go to P. Uh, if you... They are both, but they're both blue chip FCS schools. So it's 
it's nice that it's not North Dakota State JMU like it is every other year. It, it's refreshing. It feels like a more balanced FCS because we don't have, I don't know, the third number one overall pick in the NFL draft playing for one team. And then five other players uh, that got picked up on uh, on waivers or drafted on the other team. So it's just nice to see these two teams who have been here. Be- you know, they've been here before. They've been in the playoffs. They've been deep in the playoffs. All of that. They are going to have a game and it is going to be a knockdown fight the entire time. And it's going to be very exciting. And when people it's. People have noticed that FCS football is on. I've just walked into uh, whenever I go, if I'm going to a lunch on like a Saturday in the past whatever months, people have been watching it intently and it didn't even look like they were their schools. They were just watching it because it was football and that's very good, I think, for the sport. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the one thing that you pointed out here that makes me excited about this game is in the past, it's felt like, okay, North Dakota State JMU, that's it. There's an occasional team that rotates with JMU, but it's just been North Dakota State. And last season was top five overall pick Trey Lance, a bunch of talented players on his team versus a squad littered with NFL caliber offensive and defensive players on JMU. And that's not the case this year because of all the transfers, because of all those graduations, COVID impacts recruiting, All of those things completely reshaped the landscape of the FCS and the spring impacted how certain teams were able to do. And it's almost a case here of who had the least amount of issues with positive tests, the least amount of issues with potential injuries because of of complicated practicing measures, all that stuff. And right now, the two teams that survived all this is Sam Houston and South Dakota State. And that, and that before we break down these two teams, I think the, the tip of the cap has to go off to both of these squads to not only surviving this long, making it to the finals, being in multiple comeback situations and having to defeat really, really good programs. They also had to battle the third opponent every single week, which is COVID. And I know that's such a, a cliche right now to say, but it's the truth. Is it, It's, it's difficult. True. And not to mention, this isn't Alabama or Ohio State or Clemson where they have a lot more resources and they have a lot more protection and protocols. This is an, an instance here where it's a lot harder to keep these guys locked down. And I know South Dakota State and Sam Houston might have a little bit bigger budgets than, than the University of Rhode Island, but... I talked to some guys at URI, and, and it's uh, as much as they try to try to hold things down and and keep guys from being in compromising situations. It's just impossible. It's just not possible with a small program like that. When unlike big FBS programs, they have their own dorms for the athletes. You're intermingling whether you like it or not. You're forced to go and share a bathroom in the dorms with a kid who might have just gotten back from a party at six in the morning when you're leaving to go. So it's so easy for transmission in those situations. So for them to make it this far is amazing. So Joe, you know, NBA Twitter is like the worst place on, on, on planet earth, right? Yes. Yes. It's just, it's just terrible. It's high schoolers. It's grown men that can't get over themselves. All that terrible, right? Mm -hmm. So last year's finals, when the Lakers won it, uh, there are a lot of people that discredit it, calling it the, uh, the Mickey mouse finals because they're in Orlando. Every single player that played in that, bubble was understanding that it was the hardest path that they've ever had to take. And 
football, you're dealing with three times the number of players on each team at least. Well, let me see. 15 on an NBA roster. So that's, I don't know, four times the players on the act. Well, wait, no, I'm thinking NFL. NFL 53. Damn near nine. Yeah, nine times the amount of players that you have to keep stable, safe, able to play, keep them on the field, and they're in the championship. This ring that one of these teams is going to win is going to be so valuable because you had to deal with the fall. You had to deal with last spring. You had to deal now this spring. There should be a parade for the winner, a full-on parade for making it this far. I, I don't think that the teams that have won championships in the past year and a half or whatever the hell it's been have gotten enough recognition or uh, uh, flowers for how much they had to put up with for their own sake and for everybody else's sake. It, you're put, we're putting up with stuff. It stinks. That's the best way to put it. It sacrifices. It needs to be lauded more. How important uh, and how big this win will be for either of these two teams. You 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 nail it on the head also. Yeah, yeah. It, it is going to be a very, very impactful performance. And sliding on into breaking down these teams, providing some context... If we were to des- to describe South Dakota State, Sean, I-, I think the best way to overview this team, and it's the thing that we've spoke on them throughout the entirety of the playoffs, is that they have the best run game, I would argue, and maybe you want to pull another team out of your hat, folks, if you're tuning in. Maybe you think your program is better. But for how well they've done, how consistent they've been, and the three guys that have led the way – I honestly believe that they have the best and the most diverse rushing attack in the FCS. And that's what makes them so dangerous. Mark Gronowski, albeit he's young, he's an underclassman, he's going to step up to a really difficult stage, but he is very, very hard to tackle. He's elusive. He's not a small, compact quarterback. He's got some pretty good size to him. But what makes things so much more complicated is you look at the running back tandem that they've built over there um, at South Dakota State with Pierre Strong, who's a bigger, decently sized back, five foot eleven, two ten, and then Isaiah Davis is massive at six foot one, two twenty. Both of those guys are hard, aggressive runners. Both of them are very, very hard to slow down. And when you have two backs like that, Sean, it makes things so complicated for a defense because if one guy you slow down one guy and he's a little bit banged up, and you're stopping him after a couple yards, you bring in Isaiah Davis when you slow yeah. down Pierre Strong Jr., and it's like, oh, this guy's fresh, and he's just as good, if not better, than Pierre Strong Jr. How are we supposed to, to stop both of these guys when we're dead tired from trying to slow down Pierre Strong? Now, Joe, can I throw some numbers at you? Go for it. South Dakota State, this is how dominant they've been on the run game and on defense. We have to note that also. Their rushing yardage of the year, 2,078 yards. Opposing average, uh, or opposing rush yard, not even the average, opposing total rush yards on them, 1,013 yards. Doubled that. Mm. All right. Average uh, uh, rushing attempts here. South Dakota State, 345. Opposing, 324. Very, very close, similar there. Average per rush, South Dakota State, six yards per rush. Opposing teams, 3.1. Doubled that. Average rushing yards per game, 230 for South Dakota State. Opposing teams, 112. Doubled that. Touchdowns rushing South Dakota State, 17. Opposing, 10. Damn near doubled that. So they have just done twice as good at stopping the run and running the ball on every single team that they've played this year. Twice as good. 
that is so inconceivably impressive <laughs> that they could do that. Yeah. Who does that? Who can absolutely it, inconsequentially double every team that they play? Exactly. Exactly. And, and honestly, the, the thing that scares me the most about this Jackrabbit squad is you look at the other side of the ball. There are teams, and Sam Houston, I'm sorry to say this, might fall under this umbrella where they're really good offensively, and that's why they've been so competitive and why they've blown out teams is because of the offensive firepower. But it scares the crap out of me knowing what they have on their defensive line led by a very talented linebacker uh, in Logan Backus, who was, I believe, recognized as an All-American the numbers that yep. they're they're allowing, uh, they've got uh, like 112 yards per game in terms of rush yardage allowed, which is not like a crazy stat. But the thing that stands out to me, only allowing three point yard, oh, 3.1 yards per rush. They're averaging six, by the way, which is a stupid number. We don't need to keep talking about these uh, these rushing numbers for their offense. But to only allow 3.1 yards per clip, and then on top of that, 21 sacks in a shortened season is a pretty gaudy number. I know it doesn't sound gaudy, but for them to play, I don't even know if they've played 10 games just off the top of my head. For them to have that, that kind of sack number, that type of sack total, is very, very impressive. And there's a reason why last week we saw what they did to Nolan Henderson. And I almost wonder, there's no uh, record of what their quarterback pressure rate is because there's just usually not that level of advanced stats for FCS, but I would be willing to bet the amount of throws that were a result of a pressure would probably be one of the best in the country because you continuously see the swarming efforts. Yeah. It's the only way to describe it is a swarming effort by all of these crazy talented defensive players. And they're just, they're just all over the place. It's, you can't, you can't get away from any of these guys. It is an incredibly high motor team, and that's something that scares every offensive lineman out there, every offense out there. If you're facing a defense that you know, it, sometimes you see some guys. All right, oh, you're watching the film. Okay, uh, for the de- just for an example, defensive line. All right, uh, left defensive end. Man, he's got a really good good off uh, get off. Long arms. We just need to be quicker in our sets. Uh, then you get a, a, a nose tackle who's 325 pounds, about six foot one. Okay, here's the big boy. We're gonna have to double. Then you have possibly a three technique who's got a mix of the strength and athleticism. And then you got a, a defensive end. And then you're like, okay, so he doesn't have the talent, but he's the high motor guy. You look at South Dakota State, all high motor guys. Those are the guys you don't want to play all around because eventually they're going to beat you. You can have uh, uh, your best day will still get beaten by a high motor guy. And that is terrifying because you know eventually uh, a one guy you know, with the talent, he's going to beat you. All of them high motor, you're going to get worn out. The linebackers, defensive backs, defensive ends, defensive ta- defense is going to swarm and cause problems. That's exactly what I was just thinking, is that in circumstances where you're playing a, a, a program that has a Chase Young type player who is dominating statistically with their total number of sacks in the double digits, yeah, that's not going to be easy to stop that guy. But in college football, if you don't have the right guys around a Chase Young-type pass rusher, you can slide protect and sometimes double and triple team if you're confident going one-on-one in your blocking situations uh, when you're pass blocking. I know it's not the best strategy, but you can work around it. This is in the NFL. Right. But in this instance, yeah, it, I'm more scared yeah. of seeing a team where Caleb Sanders has five sacks, where Reese, uh, Reese Winkleman has two and a half sacks. And then Logan Backus, two sacks. Adam Bach, two sacks. 
all of the and that's not even all the people who have registered sacks this season. It's 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 scary to know that that many players, not just your defensive linemen, but your linebackers can produce sacks at any given moment. That's what scares me. If I could provide an, an example, it's like Rashawn Gary and Chase Winovich, and you have a team full of Chase Winoviches. Rashawn Gary, super talented, got the numbers, got the higher draft pick. Chase Winovich also got draft, drafted highly because of his high motor, and he was setting up Gary also. So if you have all a team full of Chase Winoviches, how are you going to lose? Yeah, exactly, exactly. So hitting into Sam Houston now, uh, I think the – the way to describe this team is very, very different. They're not as well-rounded, but what ultimately makes this team so dangerous is their ability to be explosive and to completely light up an opposing defense. They've played some weaker defenses, so the the stats might be a little bit inflated because they had like those 70-point performances, but they are still a very, very strong offensive squad. Averaging 39 points per game, it says they're only allowing... 19 per game but if you look how they've done in the playoffs they have allowed some decent scoring totals like the the GMU game I think is going to be more realistic to expect what they're going to allow they'll probably allow something in the 30s but this this team is primarily led by its skill players Eric Schmid had an okay year I'm still not entirely sold on him 60% completion percentage 17 touchdowns he also had nine interceptions to go with it I'm more concerned if you actually watch the tape, his decision-making on those interceptions is very, very frightening, in my opinion. If you put him in a questionable spot with that South Dakota State defensive line, he's going to make those types of mistakes. So he needs to be on point. He can't allow himself to get rattled. He needs to, to rely on the one thing that has helped him be so good this season, which is his legs. And he's rushed for 380 yards he's got eight rushing touchdowns which is the which is the more impressive total but he's a much better runner in my opinion than he is a passer that's where the the danger comes into play it does help that Jaquez Ezzard is an elite receiver and in those outlet situations where he just needs to get the ball out to somebody Ezzard is somebody who like we talked about last show can completely take over a football game now you you I don't know if you did this intentionally but you led me into a point of why quarterbacks and receivers are going to win this ballgame. Because Sam Houston State and South Dakota State are are eerily similar in rush yardage and, and, pat, and rush defense. All of it. Uh, in their ratios. Uh, their rush, uh, Sam Houston State, 1,100 yards rushing. Opposing teams, 311. So triple. Uh, triple the rushing yardage total. Rushing attempts, Sam Houston State, 231. Opposition, 185. Average per rush, Sam Houston State, 4.8. Opposition, 1.7. Per game, Sam Houston, 187. Uh, Opposition, 51. And here you go, Joe. Here's the kicker. 18 touchdowns rushing for Sam Houston State. Mm. Opposition, 2 on the season. So that is a reflection that we could have flipped the names of the schools and been equally as impressed by the totals that they put up on the ground and on ground defense. And it's going to come down to passing yardage because both the teams also similar on their passing yardage and defense. They're they're very close to equal of their counterparts in both respects. So we know that it's going to be a battle in the trenches, and that's what's going to wear the teams down because they can both run the ball, they can both stop the run. So everybody in the front seven on both teams are going to get beaten up. So it's going to come down to the quarterbacks and receivers to make the plays or the play. There's going to be five plays. You know, you remember what our coach said. There's five plays a game that change the ball game. Yes. 
I'd say four of those are going to be pass plays. Four of them. Because what else? How could it not? That could be interceptions. Mm-hmm. But it's going to be those plays because they're too similar, these two teams. Eerily similar. How they play the run and how they run the rock. Yeah, eerily similar is a really good way to describe it because the way that these teams are built also defensively is is very similar. I don't think the back end for Sam Houston is as good as South Dakota State's. I also think South Dakota no. State is better protected along the offensive line against Sam Houston's defensive line. But we were just talking about those the wildly spread out numbers for the defensive line. Man, you look at these dudes on, <laughs> on, on Sam Houston. You've got a bunch of guys that are over double digits in TFLs, and then their sack production is fantastic. Perry Markle, who's a linebacker, has uh, has six and a half sacks. Jahari Kay was nationally recognized as one of the best defensive linemen in the country. And then I also would throw in Jordan Lewis as a very, very talented defensive lineman. Folks, if you remember when we did our defensive line show, we mentioned multiple times multiple defensive linemen um, from Sam Houston State. And a lot of those guys have been very, very productive thus far this year. They're going to be really big X factors in this game. It's just a matter of how real are these stats? They have the talent. They are a good group. But if we're comparing the two schedules, and I'm sure that somebody might try to call me out on this and say, they're like, oh, they're not that far off. We can both agree, Sean, and I think that our listeners could also agree if we actually sit and look at them. The schedule that South Dakota State played was much harder than the one that Sam Houston played. We could say that. That's why there were so many people from the uh, so many teams from the Missouri Valley Football Conference that made the the final playoff bracket, and people were up in arms about that that they had six teams in there, or whatever the hell that number was. It is what it is, you know. That's that. That's where we go into it. South Dakota State also played three more games. I don't know if that's going to make them more banged up or if it's going to make them uh, uh, more ready to play some football. You know, uh, South South Dakota nine games, Sam Houston six. Who's it, it's freshness versus preparedness and more live bullets action. That's what's going to come down to also. Right. Right. And, and I, but also, Sam Houston State blew the hell out of teams. They blew they, them out. They did. But the thing that concerns me here. And I think it is a legitimate concern is, yes, look, they, they go undefeated. They blow the hell out of teams. But you look at their performances against the better squads, uh, a team that South yeah. Dakota State somewhat dominated, pretty handedly beat North Dakota State. Sam Houston mm-hmm. only beats them 24 to 20. Now, it helps them in their favor to say, oh, OK, we beat we've both beaten the same team. But the fact that that South Dakota State is able to play that final game of the season against North Dakota State and beat them 27-17, to 17, a, a game that I think so many people didn't even think was possible, is, is much more impressive in, in my eyes than a 24-20 to 20 win. I think that should just naturally be the case. But obviously the, the two blowouts that you're referencing, the Nichols blowout and the Lamar blowout, um, and then the, the Incarnate War, Ward blowout, you can also count that as a, as a blowout as well. Those are notable. But at the same time, these programs are not good defensively. And some of these programs were pretty weak. Like Lamar's not a good program. We realized Incarnate Ward was a little bit overblown. Like how much are we buying into those victories? That's I know more about what South Dakota State did in beating teams like Illinois State and North Dakota. Or sorry, they lost to North Dakota. Northern Iowa, uh, Youngstown State's always a good program. Blowing out Southern Illinois, who was a playoff team. 
the wins like that tell me more than beating Nichols, who was dealing with COVID issues, 71 to 17. And Lamar, 62 to 7. Okay. I, I just know how hard it is to play and win a, f- a football game. And if you win it, win it handily, you win it handily. I mean, look at some of the teams we played senior year. Should we have been closer with those teams? No, we were way more talented, but they had a run. So I will never discredit a football game win ever. I just, it's not in me to do that after seeing how many times we lost to uh, worse teams or beat teams that we shouldn't have beaten. It's all up in the air every single game. Okay. So to wrap up today's show, Sean. Damn, right? it's okay. okay. All right. You know what? Keep that same energy. Um, I will. To wrap up today's show. Let's share our thoughts on who we think is going to win and give a little bit of a blurb why we think it's going to be the case. So this is essentially FC estimates, but not really. It's fake FC estimates because there's no score total coming from this uh, because Sean already won. Uh, But what is your pick? Who are you picking for this game? Well, as the champion of FC estimates of the spring of 2021, I am going to pick, I believe I did. I'm sorry. What was that? I said, sure. That sounded like I was not the champion of the spring of 2021. You may or may not have been. Just share, share, the share your pick. Okay, how about you rinse out your mouth? <laughs> or dry it up a little bit. Maybe. Okay, Sean, get your pick in. I don't sound okay, like I'll that. My best. <laughs> you had a lot of... Clear the mouth, brother. No, I didn't. Get some water in you. <laughs> yes, you did. Sam Give Houston your goddamn pick. Get your damn uh, Sam pick. Houston. Okay, why? I'm Sam Houston. Why? They're explosive. They're explosive. And they have a strong, strong defensive line. That's why. All right, I'm sticking with, They're gonna I'm win sticking it. with South Dakota State. Was that so damn hard? I'm si- I'm sticking with South Dakota State. You led me All in the- with the freaking slobber mouth. I will fight you. I will Get on a plane. I know I threaten it all the time. See, this is the thing I don't like, is that we could have been in Frisco right now throwing hands, but you refuse to allow that to happen because you were too busy to go to Frisco. I, I was also too busy. Come out to LA. I'm going to fight you, man. Then, I didn't right, sound like that. God. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Am I picking South Dakota State? Could you imagine us on college game day? The, the, we would not belong if, we're, if this is the crap yeah. that we would pull. Do you see the crap that they got going That's on? True. <laughs> I would pick South Dakota. You put the you put the, stu- you put, you put the stu- stupid Lee Corso head on it. I'd punch right. it, but you couldn't see me. <laughs> I'm picking South Dakota State for a lot of the reasons that I pointed out. They're the more well-rounded team. They've shown more to me against bigger opponents. While I'm not discrediting Sam Houston, they are a tough opponent. This is going to be a close football game. But the way South Dakota State has stepped up against tough, good teams and not only uh, played well against them, but beating North Dakota State by 10 is a big deal. Dominating Delaware the way they did in the last round is a big deal. A number of games throughout this season is very, very important and key for why they are going to be the victor in this one. I think that we've seen the whole year that South Dakota State, since that North Dakota loss, that they are dominant. And once it, it, it's just for me, Sean, when, when you watch college football, I always it's so easy to pinpoint which team early on is going to be a national champion. And I think the whole year I kept seeing it, even though I didn't really pick them at the start of the bracket. I could always I always had the sense, this feeling, because they're the most well-rounded team and they've constantly been dominant. 
You're such. You are such. You know what? Say it. I have to give you props for that spin job that you just did on our listeners who have been listening constantly all year. I, you are, you have a PhD in spinology. That's what you have, and I'm proud of you for it. That was a really good job that you just did. Okay. Can you do one for me, please? No. I'll, I'll make a release. No. <laughs> you I'll, learn to do draw, your own spins. Please do. I, I, I'd love to. <laughs> you stink on ice. <laughs> you, you stink. All right. Do you have any closing thoughts before I wrap us up, Sean? Uh, share this episode with your friends who are going to be watching the FC. Sam Houston State fans, listen to this show. And if you do, share it with other Sam Houston State fans. Same thing with South Dakota State fans. Even though I don't think that South Dakota State is going to win, listen to the show and share with your friends, people. That's how we grow. You like two episodes this week? Maybe. Well, I'm not even going to say that. Enjoy the show. Uh, Joe, take us out with whatever. I, uh, I like to I liked tweet during the week, and uh, it was a South Dakota State fan saying that they're going to start it was along the line saying that they're going to start drinking at 6 a.m. So when you're sitting with your buddies and you're tailgating at 6 a.m. in South, in, in Brookings, South Dakota. Um wait, is Brookings in South I don't know my geogra- oh, geography. Oh, <laughs> oh, you did not. Just, let's see here. I didn't I don't know my geography. Well, when you're chilling in South Dakota at 6 in the morning before the game, flip on the podcast, send it to your buddies, re listen to it. Um, also hit that you, subscribe button. You got button. away with one there. I did. Yeah, it is Brookings, South Dakota. Brookings, South Dakota. Okay, see, I, I know away. my school locations. Wow. I know my school that locations. Was close. I know them. Joe, <laughs> I know that them. was close. <laughs> you, it's okay. I know more about the FCS gonna... than you do. We've already, we, everybody's always known that. Uh, that's the reason why people well, tune I know how to pick games better. I, I'm still two, two and one in terms of final seasons. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, all right. Hit the subscribe button, five star Just review. The most annoying noises. Unfollow Sean on here. Twitter at Sanderson Radio. Follow me on Twitter instead at Joe now. DeLeon, uh, at Believe Podcasts. You know the drill. Head to believe.com. Enjoy the weekend, folks. Enjoy the game, and we'll talk to you after. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.